Imagine what you could achieve if you could initiate your own lucky streaks. Hi, I'm Rebecca, and you're listening to Brain Snacks, the podcast that brings you bite-sized tips for designing a life you love. In this series, Dangerously Disciplined, we're revealing four simple steps to take the pain out of being disciplined and make it a natural part of your life. In episodes one and two, you plotted coordinates for where you're at right now and where you want to get to. And now that you have a clear line of sight from the present moment towards your ideal future state, you can learn to tailor your habits to create lucky streaks that carry you from here to there. And I say lucky streaks because setting up good habits facilitates success in a way that makes it seem effortless. And isn't that what luck is? A case of preparation meeting opportunity? So let's get you prepared with layers of simple constructive habits so that when opportunity knocks, you're prepared to make the most of it. To start with, let's take a look at how a typical habit plays out. It's Saturday night and you and a friend have just been ushered to a table at a funky new restaurant. The lights are low, the music hypnotic, and a waiter, one hand behind his back, is leaning over the table next to you, pouring a glass of rich red wine. Your conversation pauses as you notice your friend running their index finger down the drinks menu, and unconsciously, you raise your hand, beckoning the waiter. You listen to his recommendations, settling on a bottle of Merlot, and as soon as you put in your order, your shoulders relax and you ease back into conversation with your friend. On the surface, there's nothing remarkable about this sequence of events. But inside your brain, electrical signals are firing and chemicals flowing, prompting you to register cues like the ambient setting the time of day, menu protocol, your friend's behaviour and the visual appeal of red wine flowing. The layering of these cues prompts you to take a familiar action, ordering a bottle that promises to deliver a pleasing outcome, whatever feelings it is you've experienced in the past from drinking wine. Now, Whether you consider this particular habit to be constructive, unconstructive or neutral is irrelevant. What the example shows is how your behaviour is influenced by your environment, including location, time, the company you keep and the activities you partake in. We're more similar to Pavlov's dog than we might like to admit. Once you associate a particular cue with a behaviour that gets you a desirable result, you'll repeat that behaviour again and again every time you're exposed to the cue, 
even when the pleasure of the outcome is diminished, no longer exists, or in fact turns into displeasure, such as in the case of addictive behaviours like overeating, excessive gaming or drug use. While this information is interesting in and of itself, you may be wondering how it can help you create lucky streaks. And the answer is that the people we consider lucky or successful don't focus on disciplining themselves per se, but rather on creating disciplined environments. You can do this too by weeding out temptations, distractions and negative influences from your life and sowing cues that prompt constructive behaviours. Making and breaking habits in this way is how you prepare to make the most of opportunities as they arise and foster what we call good luck. In 2010, my first child was born and Steve Jobs launched the iPad in his last great keynote, hailing it the best thing since sliced bread, yet prohibiting his own kids from using it. With his front row seat to the development of addictive technology, Jobs knew the iPad was a distraction too tempting for his children to resist and therefore he simply ensured that it did not enter their lives. In his book, Irresistible, The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked, author Adam Alter observes that most public tech advocates, like Jobs, are in private the biggest technophobes. They know that temptation seeds bad habits, and so they abide by the cardinal rule of drug dealing. Don't get high on your own supply. As my own children have grown, I've kept this in mind, experimenting with screen-free and screen-present parenting and noticing the different impacts each approach has had on my children's ability to pay attention, their willingness to cooperate and enthusiasm for life. So how does this apply to you? First, be real about what you're up against when you're dealing with temptation. There are millions of brilliant people, tech designers, advertisers, food technologists, who at this very moment are designing products and marketing materials specifically to distract and tempt you, to sway you towards actions that promote their own agenda, but not necessarily yours. Every day, you're already bombarded with hyper-attractive versions of stimuli that you're biologically wired to want. You're shown the shiniest apples, the juiciest steaks, the curviest women, the most muscular men, the fastest cars and the smartest watches, and you could blindly follow this noise. Or, if you're the kind of person who wants to chart their own course, you could do a Steve Jobs and design your own environment to minimise distractions and summon success. In fact, there's a very simple activity you can do right now to start cleaning up your environment. 
to begin with, take a moment to identify three distractions in your life. I bet you already know what they are. You know, the things you catch yourself doing time and again when you know you ought to be doing something else. Once you've acknowledged these distractions, the things that detract from your success, pick one, just one, that you're most willing to eliminate right now. Now, it might be tempting to pick a distraction that's the bane of your life, but it's wise to steer clear of addictions, negative internal dialogue, and other massive disturbances until you're a bit more practiced. Start with your mildest distraction, say a 1 to 5 out of 10 as your first project. Scoring a quick win here will build your confidence and give you the momentum you need to incrementally weed out bigger and bigger distractions. This tortoise-like approach will give you the best long-term results. To help you put this activity into practice, let's take an example. Say your goal is to become an author and you want to knuckle down to write some deep work for a few hours every day, but you're continuously interrupted by email, text or social media notifications. These visual and audio cues, flashing notifications and zhuzhing sounds, distract you by stealing your most precious resource, your attention, from your chosen task and triggering your habit loop to read whatever messages come your way. So your task in this instance would simply be to name the distraction and turn off all notifications. Of course you can check your messages later. There's likely important information in them, but it'll be at a time of your choosing, one that's convenient for you and that complements your productivity rather than detracts from it. The premise of eliminating distractions is kind of like a baby covering their eyes. If they can't see you, as far as they're concerned, you're not there. Similarly, if you can't see your distraction, it's not distracting you. So now that you know how to start eliminating distractions to break bad habits, we can move on to infusing your environment with positive influences. This is literally the opposite of what you've just learnt. When you're sowing good habits, you want to spread lashings of seductive cues throughout your day. The more visually obvious and the more attractive these cues are, the better. Take a leaf out of the book of advertisers and video game designers and make your cues flashy and irresistible. Want to drink more water? Place clean glass bottles or jugs with lemon and mint full to the brim with fresh, filtered water around your home. Want to read more? Place a book on a topic you're genuinely interested in on your pillow and another on your couch. Imagine the power of these simple visual cues now that you've also eliminated distractions. Suddenly, your home is filled with enticingly presented water and free from soft drinks. Your TV remote is stashed away somewhere inconveniently out of reach, while that book on the history of humankind is right where you've plonked yourself. To ensure you get the best traction when you're designing positive cues, link them to one of three things, either a specific location, time or activity. 
The examples we just looked at for someone wanting to drink more water or read more books were both location-oriented. They relate to visual cues placed in an environment you spend a lot of time in. I'll also give you some examples of time and activity-based cues so you can experiment with what works best for you. Examples of time-based cues might include getting out of bed in the morning as soon as you wake up or doing a yoga class every Wednesday night at 7. Activity-based cues leverage your existing routines, in particular ones you enjoy, by adding an extra layer to habits you already have in place. So, for example, if you typically sit down with your partner after dinner to drink a cup of tea and chat, only to remember as you're climbing into bed that no one has cleaned the kitchen, you could sandwich kitchen cleaning in between eating dinner and drinking tea. Once you repeat this new order enough times, and assuming you actually look forward to a tea and chat with your partner, it becomes an automatic routine. Other examples of activity-based cues include writing a gratitude journal in between brushing your teeth and going to sleep, or running your eyes over your calendar for the day in between showering and getting dressed. Now, just as I shared an activity with you a moment ago for eliminating distractions, here's a second activity for introducing positive new habits into your life. You may recall that in episode two of this series, you defined your ideal future state. You asked yourself who you wished to become and recorded how this person behaves. It's now time to revisit this list and choose one specific behaviour that you would like to trial in your life. You don't even need to introduce it yet. You're just setting the stage. So, what is the one new behaviour you'd like to trial now to get you closer to becoming your best self? Don't think too hard about this. It's better to go with your gut and get started on designing a simple new habit than fuss over getting it right and end up delaying your progress. In fact, any positive new habit you work into your life will bring you benefits. And once you've thought of a behaviour, you can ask yourself whether it would fit nicely in a particular location at a particular time of day or in between two activities you already regularly engage in. Finding the most natural place to slot in the behaviour will maximise your chance of uptake. So take a moment to consider where and or when you think you'll have the best chance of embracing your new habit. Finally, and this is a lovely opportunity to get your creative juices flowing, consider how you might make the prospect of performing this new behaviour enticing. After all, if you're intrinsically motivated to take this new action, because it includes an element of fun or pleasure or social connection or opportunity for growth or whatever deeper need really drives your behaviour, you'll have much more success turning it into a habit. And that's it. You've set the stage for introducing a constructive new habit into your life. So, 
To recap, today you've learned how to initiate lucky streaks by optimising your environment. On the one hand, this includes eliminating distractions and on the other, planning opportunities to infuse your life with positive new habits. Your next step is to refine your new habit and invite it into your reality. So tune in next episode for this final tweak to becoming dangerously disciplined. In the meantime, if you have any questions about behavioural change or how to achieve the results you want, or would like to share your experience of creating a disciplined environment, you can always contact me at rebecca at theresultscoach.com.au. Finally, if you'd like a template for the exercise I've just suggested, remember you can find it on the transcript for this episode on the Results Coach website. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Brain Snacks and that you take some time today to pause, smile, breathe deeply, and thank yourself for investing in your education, health, happiness and success.